0: Cult Hackers and welcome to the podcast. I'm Celine, a media graduate with an interest in cults.
1: And I'm her dad. I'm Stephen and these days I work as an organisational psychologist interested in leadership and management but I was raised in a group, a cult, um, and I left when I was about 30. So welcome to the show everyone.
0: What are we talking about?
1: Yeah so today um, I I want to so that this is, this is again, one that I've asked to talk about, really. Um, and I, I'd like to talk about the conversation between leavers of groups and people in various forms, I suppose, who either don't really understand why people who leave um, religious systems or cultic groups or why they have to talk about it. You know, why do you have to keep going on about it why can't you just get on with your life that sort of thing and also maybe people who are more professional uh or have a professional interest let's say so they might they might defend cultic groups or there might be academics who who study groups um new religious move- movements let's call them um because that is That is the terminology they might use. So I want to talk about that conversation between these two groups. I suppose the anti cults the anti-cultic group and the, if not pro, the defenders of these groups to defend their right to exist and to um, believe what they want to believe. So I want to talk about that conversation today.
0: Mm Yeah, sure. Um... And I suppose, yeah, why why are we doing this podcast is kind well, of the it,
1: it is kind is... of relevant. Um mm-hmm. obviously I, I was raised in a group that I describe as a cult. Um but I've given my story over the 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 two hundred and seventy odd episodes that we've done. And I've talked about my own experience. Uh, you can go back into the archive if you want to listen to my story. So I don't want to replicate that.
0: We've no, done. it's more. It's less about your story and mm. more why you would want to tell your story. Because, like you yeah. said, we've already told your story and on other people's podcasts.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. So and, you
0: know,
1: and we've had other people tell their story. Mm-hmm. So, of why course, do people want to do that? Why do want
0: um, do it? Yeah. I mean, like I've said before, from my my unique perspective, <laughs> <laughs> as as the one that wasn't raised in, but was lucky to be sort of raised outside of but knew of that world um it's been incr i think it has been incredibly beneficial um in the last three years talking about this because it, it's not something we did talk a lot about is it previously
1: no no we, we've talked we've discussed why that was um mm-hmm. and some of it was about sort of keeping keeping the peace keeping things down um not really not all this messy stuff comes out when you start to talk about it doesn't it and i think mm-hmm. there's there was some fear in um for all of us really yeah. bringing that up and um yeah i mean um i, I at the moment i'm personally struggling um so um you know you might hear that in my voice i'm not as chipper as i normally (laughs) i I feel like i'm going through um a difficult time at the moment and this is probably a good time to talk about it and doing a podcast comes for for us it's come at a a cost and um that's a cost that we continue to a price we continue to to pay so um yeah anyway um yeah so i wanted to talk about that but i also wanted to do it in a way where I wanted to imagine that we're reaching out to people who take a different view to us, you know. So I like to imagine that people have good motives. Um, And that might not be true. Of course, you know, there are people with bad motives in the world, and I understand that. I'm not naive. But I want this podcast, I've never wanted it to be a shouty podcast. I want to talk about this in a way that I'm saying I want to explain I want to reach out to you if you don't see what the problem is either professionally or personally or you you think we should shut up about it I, I just like to to try and explain from my perspective what's going on and why people like us want to talk about this stuff and you know want to be able to 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 have that respectful conversation. Um, so that's kind of where I'm coming from. And so I'm not this this episode isn't going to be about calling out this person or that group or this attitude. Um, I want to assume good motives and uh sort of sort of address what I consider to be the sorts of motives that people might have um, when it comes to talking about cultic groups or groups that are unorthodox let's say mm.
0: so I guess do you have a, a point that you'd like to start at a place to this? start yeah where do we yeah it's quite large
1: well I in my heading I've put hate and disgruntled so maybe that's a good place to start <laughs> <Sure>. because <laughs> yeah. these are two words that um that are often leveled at anti-cult uh mm. individuals or you know podcasts or activists and so on, is that um, either they're full of hate um, and they need to get rid of this hate and move on with their lives because it's doing them no good. And and obviously we, we don't want hate in society. So that's that's one of the, I guess, the accusations is that we're hateful people who hate these groups for various reasons. And the other one is disgruntled, which feels like the other end of a spectrum to me. Um, On the negative
0: spectrum, there's disgruntled all the way down to hate.
1: (laughs) Exactly. We kind of had this conversation, but it ended up, we cut it because it didn't really fit with the rest of the conversation. So um, we talked about what the word disgruntled means to you. What what does it mean to you if you're disgruntled about something?
0: Well, so just a bit, it's a bit grumbly, isn't it? Just a bit. (laughs) a bit mardy what are words that are britishisms yeah Yeah, that's a northern britishism as well okay what's something that the americans will understand because we're grumpy and mardy and neither of those are very american
1: english my the way i think about this is if if i've paid for wi-fi like broadband Mm. um wi-fi and i'm paying Mm. quite a bit a month for this super fast broadband but it's not I, as fast as it it's should not be. as fast as it should be or it keeps dropping out then i'm gonna feel quite disgruntled about that because i'm paying my money for my broadband and i'm not getting the speeds i was promised or so
0: when they when they walk the prices up and they did say that they would in the fine print but i'm still disgruntled,
1: <laughs> disgruntled. yeah yeah so that that for me is a is a it's more of a customer
0: service experience really isn't it it (laughs) (laughs)
1: is
0: then you know what is used for in this context but hey yeah
1: so disgruntled former members um i feel like that's um it feels
0: like you've had a bad customer experience and that's just not really an appropriate term as far as i'm concerned
1: (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't capture the essence of the experience um so i'd like to address that and again you know i'm I'm gonna do it in a respectful way but i'd like to say that um that disgruntled um isn't how most people who leave and talk about it feel Mm -hmm. um and i I do suspect so this is where I, i suppose i am maybe just introducing a slight bit of um negativity to the conversation i suspect that the reason disgruntled is used is because it kind of belittles it undermines um the the way you feel about it so you Mm -hmm. know oh you're just disgruntled it sort of makes makes it all sound very trivial um and you know i think for most it's not that it's more than
0: that it feels a little bit like you know in sort of toxic relationships where they try and pass something off um like you're making a genuine complaint, and they're like, "Oh, you always get like this when you're hungry," um, you know. Yeah. And you're like, um, "Yeah, excuse you, uh, I was actually making a valid complaint there." <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that sort of thing. So, um, I'd, I'd like to, um, you know, respectfully uh, challenge this idea of being disgruntled. Um, it, it doesn't capture. It doesn't mm. capture the the sense, and I, I want to try and explain um the actual feelings and i want to do it in a way that um removes any cliches and jargon i want to try and avoid jargon shorthand terms and stuff that we've become familiar with so i'm not going to talk about religious trauma i'm not going to talk about spiritual abuse now i i think terms like that are fine and they have utility um but i want to talk today in this podcast in a very straightforward plain language way about the feelings and emotions and choices that that we make as we leave these groups so that it's kind of accessible to everybody i don't don't want this to be uh, a jargon filled episode
0: no
1: so that's another thing. And, and if i fall on that you know please um for sure pick me up on that if i start to use some of this this jargon um yeah Okay, so one one of the um the, the accusations, I guess, and again, this comes along with either hate or or disgruntlement, mm-hmm. um, is that that people who leave these groups don't really have any objectivity because they are they have hate or they are disgruntled. So the the fact that they have these emotions either end of the unhappiness scale means that they're they're not reliable witnesses when it comes to understanding what these groups are like. And that's, again, that's quite a serious accusation that is made. And that affects the, um, I think that affects the way that research is is seen. Because a lot of research, if it's qualitative, which means essentially interviews with former members, um this straight away is undermining the testimony of these people that have been in the in those groups um and uh, my my argument here has always been that we we don't and we shouldn't only listen to ex members we also should understand the way that current members think about it and behave and you know Getting the perspective of of the group itself is part of the understanding about what that group is like. It's a claim that is made. We need to know what the claim is. We also need to understand what it's like to leave and the experience of those people who have left. And I think it's really important that we don't even begin to suggest that those people's experiences are not very valuable because they lack objectivity so that's that's something that i i want to um i want to stress i think it's really important that we yeah. listen to those people um it's inevitable that individuals will have different stories and sometimes they will even be sound contradictory because no group especially the bigger groups um you know people's experiences are going to be different um my ex group jehovah's witnesses they have um thousands of congregations throughout the world and you know depending on which congregation you're in what what the elders are like um if you were raised in it um your your family uh, all of these things are going to be unique experiences so people's experiences are going to be different and there will be some common themes there will be some common things that happen and then there'll be other things that one person will say, well, we weren't allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. And then another one will say, well, we did this. We mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. And sometimes the accusation is made, well, you know, how can you um, take seriously because they're saying different things? Well, it's because their experience is different. And that, of course, is part of the nature of getting um people's stories they are going to experience things differently and they're also going to perceive them differently they're going to make sense of these things in a different way because of their individual differences so that's another point i just wanted to make
0: yeah i think it it might be easy to go well see that doesn't line up so it can't be true but yeah it's it's um yeah the point of well, i guess while we talk to so many people there's lots and lots and lots of similarities but there are differences and it's important to notice those and
1: yeah, sort of, even yeah. even within the same groups, yeah. you know, you'll have you'll have um, people's experiences in a, a sort of very different way. I mean, for instance, as a child, I used to play football. Um, I, we used to support the national team in a support. I mean, watch on television, um, but we we would stick up for England because that's the country we lived in. I know some families, Jehovah's Witness families didn't do that because they thought that was nationalism. So they wouldn't support England. Um and so you've got those differences. So, you know, one person's experience will be different to another's. So some of it is left to interpretation, and and that's why you get these different uh these different experiences. Um so I, I wanted to just so for me, there's like three groups that perhaps um I want to imagine I'm talking to. I guess most of our listeners uh, are people that have experienced these things themselves. So, um, for for you as our listeners, um, I, I guess I'm hoping that that this rings some bells and um, we can identify together with some of this these experiences. Um, but maybe there's some listeners who are just curious about these groups and maybe have you know some some other thoughts about it. So I'm going to think about three groups really uh, there's one group it's quite small but but these sometimes get called apologists but again I'm trying to use very neutral language so I'm going to talk about defenders of cults or new religious movements because they see them particularly the religious element and we've talked many times that cults don't have to be religious but that's what I'm going to talk about mostly I think today Um, So new religious movement is a way of describing a group without this baggage, if you like, of the word cult. Um, And so for academics or for people supporting these groups, the the argument is that they are small normally, they're minority groups, they're faith-based organisations, Um, and in a pluralistic society where we think that it's important for people to have the right to believe what they want to, these groups need to be protected from bigger um, interests, you know. So sometimes they'll come under attack from more established churches. Sometimes they'll come under attack from secular organizations. Sometimes it's governments um, and so on. So there is a need to protect these small groups because they are, uh, vulnerable to this sort of thing, so that's that's one group I think, and so that that's you see that in a number of different senses. You see it in academia, you see it in in the legal profession, and, and so on. So I can, um, yeah,
0: I can understand what you're saying there. Um, I suppose something that I wonder sometimes is like they put these arguments forward because about protecting these groups and so on, but I find it then difficult do they is there any have you ever heard any arguments to um as to why they don't sort of maybe think about protecting individuals in those groups because that's kind of i guess more of a sociological protect the the group as a whole but obviously what we do is we're more individual focused so we're talking about individual experiences do they ever kind of talk about any protections of individuals or is that not really touched on
1: yeah, I mean, obviously I, I, I'm i mm. not in a position to yeah. be able to defend that um, that position. I, I personally don't agree with it, but in mm. the spirit of what we're trying to do here, I'm <laughs> trying to sort of put it forward. Um, yeah, I think, um, I suppose the argument might be, well, you know, the individuals within those groups also have a right to believe and worship in the way that they want to. And mm. this is part of the problem, I believe, when you, of course, ask people who are members of these groups are you happy are you worshiping in a way that that you want to are you forced to do this or that um they will nearly always say i'm completely sound of mind and i love this mm. organization this is my life this is my community and i love my god or i love my guru or whatever and I want to be here. So there is a need to protect those people and and the fact that they want to believe and they want to practice their faith mm-hmm. in this particular way. And so I think the, um, I guess what could be seen as a straw man is that we as society, we are kind of picking on them because they have weird beliefs, you know, they're different, mm. they're unorthodox Um. And so I think that's that's why the the term new religious movement is put in there because it's saying that this doesn't really matter what they believe it's new it's different, but you know, um, if you really break down any religion or even any belief system, if you like, um, mm. then there's bits of it that sound a bit weird and odd. Um, so you know, it's just new. That's why that's why they're struggling because it's new. So mm. my my argument around that or against that is that um it, sure it's capturing one of the things that that is relevant perhaps about some small groups is that they are new and they have new ways of doing things um, and they're unorthodox um but actually that's not the bit that i worry about that so i don't really care that they're new or, or old that is 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 irrelevant mm-hmm. what actually matters is what they're doing and how they're treating people um, so I've used this illustration before, you know, I say, well, it's a bit like calling a burglar, a visitor to your home, mm. you know? So yeah, it is true. Technically it is true that a burglar is a visitor into your home, but that's not the bit that we're worried about <laughs> It's the fact that they're stealing your stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's sidestepping the real issue. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a problem with new religious movements. I don't have a problem with the fact that they're new, they have unorthodox beliefs. I personally find, you know, beliefs in in mainstream Christian churches as ridiculous as many of these small groups. So for me, that's not that isn't the issue at all. Um, but that's um, yeah. So that's kind of coming from this um, th- this point of view that these are small minority groups. These need. People need the right to be able to believe how they want to believe. Um, and that, of course, goes down to the individual level. Um, because if you ask them individually, they will say, I'm happy. I want to be here. It's my choice. Mm. So th- this is this is the challenge, I, I suppose.
0: Because yeah. immediately what I think about is the whole India, Catherine Oxenberg situation where she very wholeheartedly was saying she really believes it. And obviously yeah, now she's got her own podcast talking against it. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure she's very grateful as much as she was very angry of her mum at the time. <laughs> this is um, the
1: Nexium group, yeah. isn't it? You're talking about, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, you know, um, I, I have said the same. So when when we'd knock on doors, I was a young man. So,
0: yeah, people would you know, ask even you. a boy.
1: People would say, you know, what are you doing on a Saturday morning knocking on people's doors? You know, do you really want to be doing this? And I'd say, oh, yeah. yes, I I do. I do. <laughs> this is what I want to do. I really believe it. You know, yeah. uh, of course, I had doubts, but but you don't you don't voice those doubts. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'd rather be playing football, but no, I was going mm-hmm. on the ministry. Um but you don't say that. You don't say, oh, you know, I'd rather be anywhere but yeah, but you know, I've got to do it.
0: No, I love no. knocking on doors, it's my favourite. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs>
1: so so I think to to believe that all that that testimony. But then of course you've got the slightly awkward situation that well, you know, we, we're not believing the people that are actually in the these groups, but we do believe the ones that leave. So this is this is where you know I I understand it's difficult, um, but I think that's why we need to understand more about what's going on within the groups, um, and it isn't just about testimony, um, but it is part of the data package. So it is a data point, both the the testimony of people who are in the groups, the testimony of people who are out of groups, those who joined, those who were raised in it. We need we need all of that. And um, I'd like to see a bit more um, of other types of research as well. But anyway, that's that's kind of mm-hmm. for another time, I yeah.
0: think. So there okay. So that a that's good...
1: a that's a group I think that um, I, I'd like to imagine that I'm talking to today. Um, I think there's another another group that are uncomfortable with podcasts like this one, including perhaps some of our friends, you know, and. Um, so there's some some of our friends who will ask us about the podcast and others who very clearly don't say anything about it don't ask us about it and um, I think there's a discomfort there and and so I think for that what we're looking at there is probably generally people who are quite liberal progressives let's say in modern political parlance Um, but these are I suppose generally slightly left-leaning people who have concerns yeah. about the need to protect minority religions. So similar to the more professional people, the, the academics and so on. But I think these are these people know less about the topic. They're just, you know, they wouldn't say anything nasty about Catholics. They wouldn't say any na- anything nasty about Jewish people or Islam, um, and they're not going to say anything nasty about Jehovah's Witnesses either, or Mormons, or any religious group because it's part of their pluralistic outlook on life, which, you know, is um, I respect everybody's right to believe um, and I'm going to treat people with respect, dignity. And, you know, it's part of our culture to to respect people's right to, to have their own beliefs. Um, and for many people, also respect their beliefs. I know there is a difference between those two. Um, and some people talk about that interesting topic. Again, not really for today, but, you know, should we actually respect people's beliefs or should we respect their right to believe? And those two are, are slightly different. But I think for some, you know, they they have this automatic reflex, which is, don't really like slagging off, minority religions you know because it feels bigoted it feels wrong it feels Mm. um you know feels like you're picking on them basically
0: Mm.
1: so i i I think genuinely lots of people might take that view
0: yes i think maybe with the rise of more documentaries as well things like that people are starting to like Mm. highly happy shiny people um Mm the Nixxiom documentary, stuff like that. There's quite a lot of Netflix ones um, kind of understanding a bit more. It's becoming part more yeah. in the pop culture conversation. Um, yeah. Understanding that, of course, yeah, uh, as I think Yanya's said before, and lots of other people, it's not just people in sort of orange robes, um, mm. like telling or like people yelling in the street that the end is nigh, <laughs> you know, it's... um it's seemingly normal institutions and people just standard behavior exactly, yeah, yeah you know it's yeah. it, but actually there's a lot more going on
1: yeah and and that's part i think of why um we're talking about it and we'll we'll get to yeah, that a like bit the, more it's uh, like the education of yeah, it, yeah like
0: the very british court documentary yeah. or podcast documentary i think that its its main thing was to say because the name is a bit of an odd mm. name in some ways, because also the cult leader is not from Britain himself mm. um, originally. But uh, it's just, it was, again, trying to highlight that fact that, um, yeah, it could just be anyone. Like, the first guy, he's such a bloke, you know? You'd think, well, he'd never be in a cult. Mm. Um, yeah um he'd never you know be in that and it, I I or you know and then that translates to oh I'd never do that and by the end of the documentary're like well he obviously wasn't a cool and I guess maybe I could be too so yeah um, I and the
1: education piece is so really really important that's why yeah. we're so pleased that the quality of these documentaries has yeah. increased it's mm-hmm. not just about oh look at that weird thing no, over there yeah, you it's know not it's just much uh, better now.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's not just like, for the the shock factor and yeah. for gawking at um
1: exactly yeah
0: more journalistic
1: and and I guess I've just thought of a, another group. So I said there's three groups, but perhaps there's a fourth. Um, uh, and this extra one is 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 kind of related, but it's it's people who have strong faith themselves, um, and they perhaps fear that they're next you know, so, um, and, and sometimes I think we can, so I'm, I'm happy to identify myself as an atheist, um, agnostic at very least. Um, and so I don't believe any of these things. Um, I don't believe the Bible. I don't believe any of the, uh, world's religious belief systems. Um, and it's easy for people like me, I guess, to be highly critical of, of religious belief and it's lack of evidence and so on and so on. And that, sometimes sounds like an attack on all religious belief um and so i suppose there's a a concern if you if you happen to be somebody that has a lot of faith in god and that has a a religious belief nothing to do with a cult just a Mm -hmm. a belief system that actually this is you know that whatever yeah, we're doing no. here we're after them yeah. next you know
0: no and i have no issue with people that find comfort in faith or religion no. um it's just like we said it's it's what's happening behind closed doors the manipulation of people that yeah. is the concern but you know for instance like when um for me and my uh, sort of close friend at school we we both lost grandparents at the same time mm. um I didn't sort of think to myself, well, at least they're in a better place or at least they're in heaven now because that's just not something we ever would say. I mean, especially from your background, that's not something you believed Mm. anyway. But, um, you know, it wasn't ever used as like a Suva as a child for Mm. me. Um, But for this person, they found it very comforting to be like, well, he's in heaven now. Mm. Um, Or if they saw like a little... Bird come and sit near them for a bit. They're like, Oh, that's probably granddad mm-hmm. saying hello, mm-hmm. you know. And that made them feel better and felt mm-hmm. comforted by that. I'm not going to turn
1: no. at
0: whatever age I was then, or even now, you know, with all my further knowledge and be like, Well, it's just bird in it, it's just rob it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Exactly. That brings yeah. some comfort and peace. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Because at the end of the day, we just want people to. I think. Well, for me, the main thing is I do want people to find comfort and peace, and often leaving courts helps do that for people. Um, but if you're in a religion, not like part, you practice a religion and it brings you that, and you're comfortable and happy and safe, that's fine. That's all. I Yeah,
1: want. <laughs> yeah. I I'm, and I, I feel the same. Um, that, that's not to say that I'll never get involved in a debate if if some a religious person wants to discuss yeah, their faith, you, yeah. and that's fine, and I'm happy to do that. Um, but you know, um, but I think that's that's another group maybe that that they they worry about about that, um, and I think that the other group, the fourth group, um, as we now say saying this for, is mm-hmm. a kind of the armchair life hacker, um, you know, and they. I wasn't
0: expecting this one. I'll be honest. Let's right. Go. So this
1: this is the kind of I suppose amateur psychologist who right tells you that um, you know you just need to forget the past. Just move forward with your life. Stop worrying about the past. Stop worrying about what happened. You can not change any of that. You're obsessed with what happened to you in the past. Why don't you just shut up about it? Get on with your life. You know, you've got a life Mm -hmm. ahead of you. Just concentrate on that. Um, And I hear that quite a bit. I see it quite a bit on social media. um, And it is, I suppose, quite an attractive. Philosophy. It's like, well, just look forward. You know, be solution focused. Look forward, um, hmm. and of course, there is some truth in the need to think about the future and not to dwell too much on the past. So, in itself, it's not bad advice, but
0: it's it, also again, not good advice. It's it's kind <laughs> of
1: undermining maybe the need yeah. to talk about it and and what I want to do with the rest of this podcast is is talk about why people do want to discuss it and the benefits of doing that both for Mm -hmm. themselves and others Mm -hmm. and then at some point in the future I think most people do that moving on thing or they move on a lot and then they come back to it so for me I I moved on big time Mm -hmm. and didn't think about my experience very much at all I packaged that and pushed it down um and actually I needed to deal with it so I feel like I I I did my getting on with life um got a career got my degrees you know all those things but I still needed to to deal with it so yeah people will do that in different orders and in different ways and maybe for some Moving on is is completely the right thing, but not necessarily for everybody. So that's, I I suppose, they're the groups that um, I'd like to imagine I'm talking to during this podcast, primarily. And obviously, for the majority of our listeners who themselves have experienced it, I'd be interested in in your perspectives and your thoughts. (laughs) Indeed, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So so what's what's really going on i suppose is is the first question and obviously i can't you can't speak for all ex members of groups or even ex jws you know so we've already made the point that people's experiences are going to be different and that's because their situations are going to be different and they will have different personality traits um, we've talked about some of those in the past, um, and so that's going to affect the way that you respond to what happens to you. Um, but obviously, during this conversation, I'm drawing heavily on my own experience. So I will talk about um, the religious belief that I was raised in because that's that's my touch point. That's the bit I can understand most. But also, with extra knowledge, I suppose we've gained speaking to all the people we have over the 237 episode of this podcast mm-hmm. um so you know not everything that we're talking about here we have direct experience about um so you can't draw conclusions that all oh, this must have happened here and there it's just but obviously some will be from personal experience so that that's kind of where I want to go with it so I know I'm rabbiting quite a lot. I'm talking quite a lot in this episode. Um, and that's partly because I've thought about it quite a lot and partly about where I am currently in my own mm. mental state, I think. I've, I've been thinking about this quite a lot. Um, but feel free to interrupt your old man. Any no, you want to.
0: <laughs> I was just thinking, I've been thinking about the... So, I mean, I'll jump in here yeah. and then you go with what you want um (laughs) but um so in terms of like the the positives from a personal experience of us doing this and talking Mm. about it is that i think just what you've said there saying you know coming from a place of like sort of having a bit of a a struggle being able to say that i don't know if that's something you would have felt comfortable just saying even
1: Mm, probably
0: not um so but obviously that's good and healthy i would say mm. um so you know i think you, you had anger in you that you weren't expressing or able to expel there was mm. i feel like there was a lot of negative emotions that mm. i was you know um I, and i and i feel like I, I also didn't want to engage with I was like no not the negative emotions they're bad <laughs> yeah, yeah. let's not engage with that you know I've mentioned mm. um before when I uh, shortly before we started doing the podcast maybe a few months before you started engaging with like xjw medium mm. medium media um and I was like is everything alright why are you listening to that mm. <laughs> um because mm. i didn't understand the value of talking about it um mm. you know um so i think it has been really beneficial because i think you are obviously like you say we all have up days and down days but i do think on the whole more level with how mm. you feel about the whole thing i would say that fair yeah that's interesting thing.
1: yeah mm. you may well be right um yeah, so okay, let's um so what I'm gonna try and do now is speaking to those groups that we've identified. Um, I want to try and put to to you those groups. Um why? Why are people like us doing podcasts like mm-hmm. this? Because
0: there's loads. Um,
1: there's lots, and it's not just people doing podcasts, it's people talking about it publicly, mm-hmm. being interviewed on television, on in newspapers and so on so what writing what's going books. on writing books of course yeah so i'm going to talk about some of the things some of the feelings some of the um the ways that that mm-hmm. some of us feel again i can't speak for everybody but so the first one that i've got down here is the deep feeling of disappointment so that's probably one that you hadn't really thought about but And it's it's one that I think a lot of ex-members perhaps don't talk about, and I'll explain why I think that is. But and again, I'm going to use my own experience here because that's the one I know. So I was raised to believe that we were going to live in a paradise Earth,
0: with lions and tigers. Oh my! Yeah.
1: Now you know we. It's easy to slip into smiling at that and thinking, "Oh, how ridiculous!" But. As children and then as young people and then as adults, you know, we really believed, okay, I'm sure there were some doubts. There are some doubts. But in a way, because of those doubts, you have to engage with this belief even more. So you create in your mind's eye, you create in your mind this world. And I can see this paradise in my mind. I can feel what it might feel like in my mind and i i lived with that so for me it wasn't playing with tigers and lions so much it was the idea that i could learn about god's creation about the universe forever i've always been interested in astronomy and space and stuff and i thought well maybe you know i can spend eternity learning about space maybe god will allow us to even you know build spaceships and go and explore um why not you know it's all god's creation and that would be amazing to live forever and i know we've discussed the downsides of living forever but of course that's not what you're thinking about at the time so what a reward you know you you would you were going to live forever um i was going to welcome my granddad back who i'd never met i've never met one of my grandfathers and so that was growing up that was a really exciting thing you know one day you'll get to see your your granddad Um, and I would look forward to that and then people would die in the congregation and you know you'd say well don't worry you'll see them again um, in the new system and the new system was this paradise where people would be resurrected you'd meet dead loved ones again you'd meet holy ones from the bible you know like Job and um, Noah and moses and all people like that you'd meet those as well and you'd be able to talk to them and there'd be a single language so you can you can talk to each other um and this was a this was a really exciting um hope for the future now it might sound ridiculous to you if you've never had that belief but if you did believe that if you really did believe that and then you realize that actually that's not true that that's okay i'll use the word a lie or at very best it's a um it's a mistake then that's really painful that really hurts and when you're leaving that group you're coming to terms with the grief of losing that hope and normally you're not replacing it with anything else um some people do leave these groups and go into a different one with a different sort of future hope but most don't not at first so you're leaving a group and then you've got nothing so you did think you were going to live forever in paradise on earth you're never going to get old you're never going to go gray like me mm-hmm. or start to lose your hair like i am um or get aches and pains you know you're, you're as a child you're never going to get grow old you're gonna you're gonna stay at around 20 odd and you're gonna live forever in that perfect physical state and so it's massive disappointment massive disappointment when you really start to realize that that's not going to happen So is it any wonder that people who've had that, whether it be living forever in paradise or whether it be going to a particular heavenly realm or uh, whatever the offer is that the group makes, is it any wonder that people want to talk about that, want to, maybe they're quite upset about it and they're quite angry about it and they feel like they've been lied to and cheated out of something that they really, really believed?
0: It's important to highlight that because obviously, a lot of the time, I think we sort of tongue in cheek around that. Yeah, we do. Um, You know, we don't always want to drag everyone down. You know, we try and be a bit funny, um, but not yeah, today. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you've got a strong drink. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah it's um, And I also think. Yeah, well, thinks... apparently, even. Sorry, even. I remember apparently when um, someone. Some people we knew left, and their one of their kids was still at an age um, where I guess the mm. tigers—it's a real pull for the kids. We love the tigers, and I the think they cried the about animals. it. They cried because mm. they mm. were like, "I was gonna, I was gonna live forever with all the animals," and that made yeah. them cry. That was like devastating. Yeah, you know, well, you it's know.
1: if if you believe that, then why would that not be upsetting to mm. realize that that's not true? You know, mm-hmm. that, of course, well, it's going to be know, upsetting. And it's
0: everything you gave up, isn't it? That's the other thing. It's, I didn't do.
1: Yeah, I'm going to come to that.
0: X, Y, Z. Ah, oh, good. That's another good, another one awesome, of my points. Yeah. Uh, Disappointment, though. Yeah.
1: Disappointment is, is not to be sniffed at. And, and I think part of the reason why um, often it doesn't get raised properly as a real thing. Um, Feeling is because there is a, an element of embarrassment about it. You mm-hmm. don't really want to um, accept that you did actually believe this. You know, you did actually imagine life in a a paradise earth with people popping out of their graves um, from people thousands of years ago in history um, to recent recently deceased people you know, you, you you don't like to admit that you believe this stuff. And so you kind of don't want to bring it up. You know, so we, we laugh it off as, as you said, but no, this, this was a belief. And as I said, because you want to believe it, want to make it true. You kind of engage with it even more. You imagine it even more. Mm-hmm. So, the paradise earth for us. Um, big disappointment.
0: And I looked down and I see she had a knife right at my back and of course now I'm banging on the door and the RA comes running from the computer in the hallway and opens the door and I sprinted three stairs at a time up to my room.
1: Yeah, the culture at Bob Jones University is very much like other religious institutions. They created a shame structure. These structures are intended to keep people within the boundaries of what the group or the cult wants them to be in.
0: I was Followed a lot my freshman year, second semester, because I got what was called social. The RA, the resident assistant on my hall, would follow me around from classes. Being able to say that's Satan, being able to say something's controlling you in a negative way so that you have to then dismiss those drives and you have to dismiss your anger and the resentment, etc., is um it's like tying someone's hand behind their back because you're not teaching people how to address it. Surviving Bob Jones University of Christian Cults is a thought-provoking podcast series that delves deeply into the history of Bob Jones University, the psychology of fundamentalism, the criteria for cults, and survivors' experiences. The series is premiering August 23rd, 2023. Please spread the word and leave a positive review to help other listeners like you find the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can support it by becoming a patron. You can support the podcast for just £1 or $1.50 and receive a variety of Patreon benefits as a thank you don't forget to share the podcast follow like subscribe and rate the podcast on the podcast app you're using a review is particularly helpful as it gets us recognized by new listeners and finally if you'd like to reach out to us and tell us about some court hacking you've been involved in or you just want to say hi you can do so by going to courthackers.com and using the contact form we love hearing from our court hackers thank you for listening and now back to the podcast
1: so another, another reason why people feel sad, angry, hurt, and want to talk about their experience is their loss of community and family often. So that's another one. So we've got disappointment, mention that. The next one is loss of community and family. So when people leave these groups, um, they, they lose not just being associated with a club or something, or a normal church. This is a really deep yeah. connection that you've had with these and
0: people, and and I think something to focus on as well here is um, we often highlight we often highlight oh we are our particular family unit we faded so we were able to keep connection with with um, with people. But it's not like we kept connection with loads of people. We did no. lose connection with mm. most people. Yeah. Um, All your friends. Yeah. Yeah. All your friends. Um, you know, had to very much start again. Um, yeah, you kept connection with a couple people, but not a lot. Um, so even even fading, even when you don't talk about it, you do it's not like well so long as you do it gently, quietly, you'll keep that community that's not the case Um, and I think that's something maybe we don't highlight specifically because you know we do want to highlight I guess a slight like privileged position of keeping some connection Mm. because some people leave and they have absolutely no one at all you Mm. know people that leave on their own they don't have their own family units as well or they stay in whatever Um, but you know I think that is something to say yeah we call it a successful fade, but in no means. Did you successfully keep your community?
1: Absolutely not. Um, and part of that is that you, so so yeah, I, I'm going to continue to talk about the fade, but I do want to come back to the other experiences that we've listened to over the podcast over the last three years. Um, but even on a fade, part of what you're doing when you're fading is you're, you're protecting yourself against awkward questions that are going to put you in a difficult position. So you, in a way you, you do it to yourself. You're trying to avoid these people that are going to ask you questions like, do you not believe it anymore, Stephen? You know, do you not believe the the new systems come in and do you not think this is God's organization? Do you not believe that the governing body are representing Jehovah these are the questions that you know you dare not answer. So you don't really want to put yourself in a situation where you you are asked them. Because if you answer the questions honestly, then very quickly you can you can be identified as an apostate. And then, you know, forget your fade, you're going to get booted out as an apostate and you'll be disfellowshipped. And then there is a even stricter, more formal way of shunning you. So a fade is, in many respects, you know, I found that better because it meant that there was no um, formal disfellowshipping process where people were told not to associate with us or speak to us even. At least
0: it was still done somewhat on your terms.
1: Exactly, yeah. But it does mean that you actually have to make some difficult choices about who you talk to, when you talk to them, and and you you have to separate yourself actually to avoid those situations where you end up getting disfellowshipped anyway. So yeah, um and I just want to stress uh again this is being raised in, in these organizations. When you're raised as a Jehovah's Witness or or many of the other these sorts of groups, um you are you are encouraged, um that's a too weak word actually. You are instructed not to have friendships outside of the organization. So okay, you go to normal school maybe and you'll have a few friends at school, but that's it. You know, you're not really supposed to be associating with them outside of school. And therefore you're not building up any community to be able to go to or any friends. So all your significant friendships your childhood friends, the people you play, played with as kids, the um, um, everybody, everybody, your uncles and aunties—you um, know, not not real uncles and aunties, but just people in the congregation. These are your uncles and aunties, and these are people that are as close to you as family in some respects, and and you love them. You know, now I know some some of our guests have had some terrible experiences and some of those uncles and aunties, particularly uncles, turn out to be people doing unspeakably horrible things to them. And I considered that to be, you know, a much worse experience than, than I had. I didn't have any of that sort of thing happen to me. Um but for me, I just love these people. You know, they were my they were my uncles and aunties and my my brothers and sisters and I grew up with them. Uh we grew up together. I, I I knew them as kids and I loved them and cared about them. And then you have to leave them behind. Not because you want to, but because you're either kicked out, you're disfellowshipped, which means you can't, they won't have anything to do with you, or you know that if you do keep in contact with them that there's going to be a point where it becomes obvious you're now a bad associate or you say something that is going to get you disfellowshipped anyway so you you know you're going to leave them behind and that is incredibly painful and so you you know you you know that that's happening and you know that you're not going to see a lot of these people again and if you do it'll just be a very passing hello in the street you're not going to want to get into conversation um and just seeing them you know if you like me i live in the same place that i grew up in so you see these people from time to time and 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 when you do it's like a knife in your heart you know because you grew up with these people you love these people but you can have nothing to do with them anymore Mm -hmm. so that's another reason why people want to talk about it on podcasts on YouTube channels, that's why they want to write books about it. Because these human connections that you grew up with are so important to you, and you feel like you've got to leave them behind, or you're you're forced to leave them behind.
0: It's just it just sucks.
1: <laughs> it just sucks. Yeah. And so yeah, I'm not. Uh, I don't want people to think this this episode is all about oh woe well, is me. What I'm mm-hmm. trying to do is. Um, And as I said, I already think that compared to some people, um, my experience was nowhere near as bad as as some people's, you know. And absolutely, I'm lucky. Um, There are lots of things about my childhood that were good. Um, I know I had a loving family and all of that, you know. I'm lucky some didn't have that for various reasons. But in a way, you're losing that is is even harder i think uh um another one that's kind of related to this is is another one so another factor as to why people want to talk about this stuff is self-esteem so when i talk about self-esteem saline what what do you think that means what what's your take well, like, on
0: that? Um, pride in yourself i would say mm.
1: yeah so when when you leave because all your self esteem has been wrapped up and it is for most people in the community in which they live and by community, you know, we mean people that know you, I suppose. Um, And so because of that, that your significant others, people that know you are all members of this group or church or whatever their group is. So upon leaving Where you were respected, uh, maybe, you know, you were loved, you were valued as a member of the congregation. You may have done things in the congregation that were valued and respected and so on and so on. For me, you know, I was a pioneer, I was a ministerial servant, I gave talks on a platform, I took the second school. These are the things, these things gave me a feeling of pride and value in myself. So these are all helped This is a psychological need is to have a sense of self-esteem. It's one of the most basic psychological needs that we we know from lots of studies into what really matters to people. So self-esteem is one of those things we're always looking for ways to maintain a sense of value to self. Um, And all of that gets thrown out of the window, really, because you're now one of two things when you leave. You're either a cautionary tale, or you're an evil doer.
0: Mm. So you ever stumbled?
1: <laughs> well, or... yeah. I mean, stumbled maybe. So that's one of the. Do you want to do you want to explain what that means? Stumbled.
0: Well, it's just sort of like you fell off, haven't you? You've you've something stumbled you. Actually. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah so some- something somebody's said or somebody's done has, has stumbled you has made you feel that oh I don't want to be part of this anymore, but so that, that again that's kind of undermining, but it's you're either a cautionary tale or you're an evil doer. so a cautionary tale is the person that leaves um perhaps you know they lacked faith, they didn't listen to Jehovah's organization they didn't um they didn't follow his instruction. And this is a cautionary tale. This is what happens if you read this sort of literature or if you listen to this sort of thing. And it's sad. And you then know the sorts of conversations that happen with the people that are left behind. You know, I know that there will have been conversations about Stephen, you know. And this isn't being egocentric that that I think that because... I had those conversations mm-hmm. about other people. Have you heard about such and such? He's left. Yeah, he doesn't come anymore, you know. No, really. Oh, what happened? Well, yeah. So it's like this gossip, mill. I was gonna say oh, they love a the gossip. Yeah, <laughs> this is what happened, oh, isn't it sad? And what's his family think? And oh isn't that a shame? And so it's a cautionary tale that you know that that is happening and of course from a self-esteem perspective that's that's not very nice you know to be thought of in that way or you're an evildoer you know you're a really bad person who's doing terrible things now that you've left the organization and you've left because you want to do bad things you're a bad person you're going to die at armageddon um and that's now who you are. So you've gone from being this loved, respected person to this evil doer that's going to get destroyed at Armageddon, you know, in a great fireball. Um, so you're, you're either, it's either what a shame or you're feared and hated by the people that used to love and respect you. Um and, and you, of course, you know, you, it depends how much you still keep in touch with what's being said, but sometimes you'll read the odd bit that's made its way onto the internet about what apostates are and, you know, mentally diseased. And, um, and these are, these were your former friends. These were your family. These, these are the people that you loved and your community. That is the bit, is the group of people that help define you and who you are and create your sense of meaning and purpose and self-esteem. So I think that's another one that is often underestimated because again we kind of don't like to admit that that bothers us in any way, you know, because it's a weakness, you know, I don't really care what they think. I don't care what people think about me. Is mm-hmm. is nice and easy to say, but I think is not true for for the majority of us. We we of course we care because these were very significant people in our lives. This, this is our community or was our community. Mm -hmm. So again, childhood friends, literal family, people you thought of as family, uncles and aunties, all of those people now think you're either bad or sad. Mm -hmm. So that's another one. Yeah. Um, I've got more. Can you take more?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can do more. <laughs> Come on, yeah.
1: let's go. Right, okay. Um, so another one is is hurting the people that you love. Now, you know that the choices you're making is going to hurt the people that you love, and that is hard. Um, For the most close to you, you know that that's going to upset them you know that they think that you're going to be destroyed at armageddon that that they'll have to live in the paradise earth without you so you know that you're doing that to the people that you care most about and you know that because you thought that way when you were in the group so i want to go back to the point of this episode which is to try and help people who maybe don't really understand why we keep going on about it and keep talking about it. This is, this is another reason. And so that, that's, that's, this makes you angry. It makes you upset. It makes you wish that that you didn't have to make that choice. You don't want to have to make that choice. You want to be able to leave a religious belief, but still have good relationships and you don't want to hurt your family. So, that's part of it and even as adults i think we still want our parents to be proud of us we want them to you know talk well of us this goes back to the self-esteem bit i suppose as well we want to be a good son a good daughter we want to be that but you know that you've damaged that because you left but you had no choice because you didn't believe it anymore How can you carry on pretending to believe something that you don't anymore? So you have to leave because that would be hypocritical. But upon leaving, you know that that's going to hurt people that you love and it's going to undermine your relationship with them. Mm -hmm. So no matter what you do in the world, you know, no matter um, the family you raise, the 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 things you achieve it doesn't matter what you do it will never it will never compare to staying in the truth it will never compare to being in the group mm. because you've left it and that's all that really matters so I can do anything in life but it will be of no consequence because it is a it is meaningless it's pointless because it's all worldly stuff that's going to get destroyed at armageddon so you you have no sense of um
0: yeah yeah i think something i thought of as well though um that maybe people that are in um that they might think well (sighs) If I left after I've treated other people that have left, they wouldn't receive me with open arms, sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Um, I've found that that's kind of not true. Actually, people are very kind and um, receiving of those that leave afterwards because you know what yeah. it's like to have been there Absolutely. and why they did what they did, and you know how hard it is to be at the start of that. Um, so you know if you are listening to this and you're on that side of things, I've got to imagine that the doubts might be creeping. <laughs> so if that is one of the concerns that is, or, well, I do know people that are out, but I was, mm. I was unkind to them or I don't, you know, you don't think that they would receive you. I mean, some people might not, you know, some people might be like, I just can't, I'm sorry, I'm too hurt. But mm. a lot of the time yeah, people are, they understand, don't they? They yeah. understand, and they're ready to talk, and they, mm-hmm. they would actually quite like to reconnect. So yeah, just to just throw in a little positive spin there. Mm. Um,
1: yeah, good. I'm glad you're doing that. Um, yeah. could, could also, I'm quite depressing. Yeah. Um, but that you know. that brings us actually to another point. That regrets is is another one that is going through your your mind, and why. I think you want to sometimes do something and talk about it. So that could be activism, that could be talking about it on YouTube or doing a podcast or writing a book or whatever it is, is, is that you feel um, you want to, if not um, repair what you've done, but, you know, you do feel a sense of regret. Um, so some of these regrets are personal regrets, like wasted years, and, um, It was one of the biggest things that I felt. You know, I felt like I'd wasted the most important parts of my life as a young man. Sort of, I left school at 16. And then up until 30, you know, we've got 15 years worth of of the most important time of your life, really, where you're building a career, you're getting your your degree if you're doing that or you're getting other qualifications you're these are the things that these are this is the time when you really want to be doing that and, and i wasted that i wasted that knocking on doors pounding the streets around my local area um so i think there's a there's a real sense of anger frustration there um also regrets over things you've done and said though so that relates to what you were talking about you know if you've grown up in the group then you know you will have done things like um, ignored people on the street because they're disfellowshipped um, if you were an elder you may have disfellowshipped somebody you may have actually changed their life forever by disfellowshipping them which just meant that they can't have anything to do with their family anymore and that must be really hard for former elders to think about those sorts of things that they did and um, Decisions about things like blood, um, raising children, you know, if you've raised your children in some of these organisations for for mine, you know, um, they've not had birthdays or Christmas or, you know, they've not enjoyed those things that most kids of their age would have done. That can be really hard to come to terms with that stuff that you did or didn't do as a parent or as a person. So I think that's another reason why people feel very strongly about it and want to talk about it when they leave. So this is what this is why people are yeah. speaking out. This is a lot of what the anti cult movement is about. It's it's because of these deep emotional things that have happened.
0: Yeah. And you know what? You always, um, I'm getting obviously I'm getting closer and closer to the age yeah. at which you left because um, mm. it was about thirty, right? Yeah. Um. But, and I know you obviously I, there are lots of things I've I've done, but I just I still. <sighs> this is when everyone's like, no, you're old. I still feel really young. So when you know, I think that's something to focus on, and I think I'd you know it's taken me a while to to still to settle on what am I going to do for a job Mm. and I'm still in like you know a junior position and but I have had lots of opportunities and things you've not had but um at this point in my life um but yeah I, I still feel very young so I hope that maybe is a bit of bit of positivity there you know um
1: yeah and i think that that's where the um you know the the armchair life hacker um mm. advice is is good and yeah. yeah i i think and it is part of what we try to talk about on the podcast you know yes you know you may be older than um
0: older than you'd like but it's you'd still like good. to be
1: when you started but you still have opportunities so yeah i still managed to get two degrees and mm-hmm get a job that i enjoy and so on and so on so yeah you can do it and we talk in very Mm -hmm. positive terms about that so yeah i i totally agree um it doesn't feel quite the same when you are 30 though and you haven't got you know you've got a few o levels um Mm -hmm. that's it you know um and so yes you 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 obviously see things a bit differently we're trying to explain why people want to talk about this and why they do activism or they, whatever it is that they're doing. That's, that's one of the reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It is really important to have a positive outlook and, you know, you hear people who leave in their sixties and seventies and still able to, um, to to make sense of their lives and, and enjoy the rest of their lives. So, of course, of course you can and and don't want to make people feel that it's all, you know, doom and gloom. But again, the idea of this episode is to speak to those people who doubt, why are you talking about this stuff over and over again? Why can't you just get on with your life? Well, this is one of the reasons it's because you have these regrets and you feel that, you know, you, you want to talk about that. Mm hmm. So another big one that we won't go into lots of detail because we've talked about identity a lot over the the years on the podcast and I will continue to explore that area. But identity is so important. It's all wrapped up in your community, who you are, who you think you are, your story, your life story. Um, And that takes a massive break when you leave, especially if you were raised in it, because you have to now come to terms with who you are in a different way and that is very very difficult i think for most of us um it's an area that i want to research more i think we need to understand more about how that works there's related topics like sense of self and personality and all of those things that i think is you know you see people struggling with these things me included um so that's another reason why people want to talk about this is because they feel it on a very personal visceral level that they feel they, they're they struggling with a sense of who they are. And sometimes I think um, getting into activism or doing something like that is is a way to try and find an identity, find meaning and purpose um, in itself. So that sometimes feeds a need, I, I think. And that can be good.
0: Yeah. And also, um, I don't know if this is on your list, uh, but another reason I think people talk about it is um to sort of support those that either, yeah, want to leave, yeah. maybe are on the fence, maybe thought about joining a group. Um, mm. and it might be just just to so they go in with their eyes open. Um, just, you know, just, just yeah. a bit of an, of an informational <laughs> and a support sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's a really important one is that – and that's the reason why people do go into either activism or commentary or YouTube work or um, however you want to describe these things, um, or even academia. It's a, it's a reason why people – increasingly, I'm I'm seeing ex-members of these groups going on to, these, um, to the masters at Salford and um, on to doing degrees – and I think that's so exciting. That is so mm-hmm. brilliant. Um, and, and yeah, that's that's some it's really a bit good like
0: papers coming in the next five to ten years. Absolutely,
1: Woo. I think it's some great <laughs> stuff. And um, you know, Yanya Lalich said on our podcast, you know, turning something uh, bad into something good, and that's mm-hmm. that's the way she's seen her career. You know, that's why mm-hmm. she writes books and she helps people, and it, it's an opportunity to to help people in a real practical way. Um, many ex-members also become counsellors or peer support workers or so that's that's another um reason why people do what they do is because they want to they want to help they want to feel that they've got something to to give and their unique experience gives them that opportunity absolutely so um when we're, we're getting to the end of, of my points. Um, I think feeling foolish is is another one. You know, people do want to talk about how they feel, and sometimes it's because they feel a bit foolish about what happened. Um, that's sometimes a reason not to talk about it as well, because you feel foolish, but it's also something you want to get off your chest sometimes. I think that's particularly um hard for people who were recruited. Not my experience, but I can imagine if I was recruited as an adult into something that I realized later was a scam, then I'm gonna feel foolish, and that's another reason why why people want to talk about it. So I mean that's my my list. Um I'll, of course there'll be more, but I, I wanted to really um home in on on the things I think have affected me personally and uh, I can identify with. And so so the the question is then, how do people respond to these drivers? These are the drivers, these are the motivations for why people want to engage with the topic at some point in their lives. And the fact is that most ex-members don't speak publicly in my experience. So most ex-members do exactly what um you know anti anti-cultists um would want them to which is try and get on with their life try and pick up the pieces of their lives and get on with it and that's what they we try to do they don't write books or make podcasts or do youtube channels they they try to piece their lives together and do the best they can for some people after many years we want to talk about it and you know that that describes me really
0: but you know what? A lot of people, most people won't make the content, but a no. lot of people will engage with the content. Mm. And I think that's something important, is that you need you need a few people making stuff so that people can then listen to it, engage with it, talk about it, feel like they're not alone. Because a lot of the time, you don't just bump into people in the street that are like... It's not obvious. It's not like you have a sign. Yeah or a button that just says like X, whatever group. So it's, you know, yeah. most people probably don't want to make content, but they do want to listen to stuff, talk about it with somebody, go in a comment section, you know?
1: Yeah. And and I think, I think that's right. Um, Still a lot of people won't do any of that either. You know, they will just get on with their lives and uh, for, uh, I suppose to varying degrees of success, um, depending on, their situation those who do talk about it publicly and um, will normally do it for a while and then feel that they've said what they wanted to say and um and then they they probably stop doing it and i think that is the case for for lots of people and that's absolutely cool um they might want to go into some sort of career that relates to it like i've already mentioned about academia or counseling or youtubing or something and, and some some of that is because they have limited options because of the fact that they were in that group.
0: Lemons lemonade.
1: <laughs> Say what?
0: Lemons lemonade. You know, life gives you lemons, make lemonade. <laughs>
1: That's right. Exactly. Good point. um So some some people do get angry, of course, and so you see some of these exchanges on on Twitter and and so on. That. Uh, quite unpleasant at times. Some some people become activists, some want to wake their former brothers and sisters up, some go on marches, some write books, some try to lobby for law changes. Um some people might behave in ways that are I would consider inappropriate. You know, i d I don't think there's any excuse for violence um at all. So that's where I draw the line. Um but you know, these are different ways of people expressing what their experience was and, and how they felt. It is so profound. I feel that it's important for um, those who perhaps criticise or don't really understand why people like us talk about this topic such a lot. It's, I think just trying to understand the things that we've talked about today, really. So, yeah, I, I suppose that's it. I, I just wanted to, to go through that. Um, I've seen a lot of discussion around this. I do um, see some, let's say, attacks on people doing this sort of stuff, um, and I wanted to reach out in a in a very honest, as honest as I can, uh, way to those people and say, look, this is why. This is why, and and hopefully, that's made sense. I
0: think so.
1: I think they can follow. So we're we're releasing this. So we're releasing this literally the day after oh, really? it's being recorded. Mm-hmm. So we're recording this on the twenty fifth. It'll come out on Saturday twenty sixth, um, which is just before my land's end to John O'Groats cycle ride. So I suppose we ought to just quickly mention that. Yeah. Um. He says. Yeah. Very. <laughs> Go on. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so obviously it's coming soon, isn't it? It's not. Mm. So when what day do you start? Is it the 11th you start? Or do oh, you
1: start? no. No, start on the 5th. Oh. Yeah, start on the 5th.
0: Oh, I didn't um, realise that. It's coming it's, sooner than expected. It's coming
1: very soon. I am mm-hmm. trying to do a um, a daily update on mm-hmm. Instagram. Mm-hmm. So it's a one-minute update. Mm-hmm. I've not done today's yet. I will you have do been that later. It up, though, have yeah. Um, I'm just using Instagram and Facebook. Um, I found Twitter a bit difficult to upload it and
0: just Sad, isn't it? a bit pointless. Um, a minute. I've I've made the link clickable, so ah. it's yeah. So if you go onto the Cult Hackers Instagram, in our bio, you can click the link and it will throw you straight to the Just Giving page where people yeah. can support you.
1: So I'm raising money for the Family Survival Trust, which regular listeners will know is a charity that helps people who are leaving, have left their families um, of those who've been in cults and high control groups and so on of various different kinds. So that's the uh that's the charity. So had some new sponsors recently, so that's probably why. So thank you if you've recently donated really appreciate that it makes it makes it kind of even more worthwhile and mm-hmm. um, on my daily updates i am expressing how scared and worried i am about doing it um and i think that might be part of what's contributed to my fairly low mood at the moment um you know dieting trying to lose weight doing lots of exercise i think that and also the pressure of feeling to have to do it. But anyway, um, you know, so thank you very much for supporting me. I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, we haven't discussed this offline at all, but obviously I'm going to be away the next couple of weeks. So I don't know what we're going to do about the podcast. We'll have to have a think have about to- what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that offline. Take that yeah. in business speak. We'll take that offline.
1: Take it mm. offline. We'll
0: circle yeah. around. Okay. Loop you in. <laughs>
1: <Ooh>. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll yeah. do that. Um I don't want to not do the podcast. Um On the other hand, I, I don't think I'm going to be in a fit state to record uh, one. No, so we'll, we'll have to no. have a think. We we'll might be able to do a little live thing every every now and again. Yeah. But anyway, we'll have to. If you've got any ideas, listeners, then uh, by all means, tell us what you think. I would
0: suggest, though, getting following us on Instagram, because that's mm. a place that um, you can easily share things. I don't know if hackers yeah i don't know if you've shared a story before but you could that's a really easy one to do updates on but um again i'll take this offline teach dad how instagram works
1: (laughs) yeah i'm getting to grips with it now so yeah Yeah. follow us on call hackers on on instagram and um you can keep up with my Mm -hmm. daily updates all right okay well this was a marathon one i've now got to edit it um so i just want to say thank you very much and thank you for being um our listeners But anyway, thank you very much and over for now. Over and out. Bye. Bye.